It is Michael Bublé and Ugg season, Mac. Now, do you own a pair of Uggs? No, I don't, but should I? So the Ugg slippers I can't recommend enough. They are delightful, maybe the most comfortable things I've ever bought for my feet. I will buy a pair of slippers when the My Pillows people make slippers. That's a plug for you. My Pillows a scam. Get out of here with that. Oh, that's not a plug. That's the opposite of a plug. <laughs> oh no. Also, I own a pair of adult male Ugg boots. Mm-hmm. Um they're like brown leather. Your feet get real warm in them. Like mm-hmm. to the point where the functionality makes sense, but I can't like wear them all the time cuz my feet just start sweating. Ugh. So gross. I don't know how women do it. I got real sweaty feet, but you know, my shoes are so expensive. They just <laughs> Leather, so what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you, you going to do? I love leather. Mac, it was Black Friday. You buy anything fancy? No, no. I didn't pull the trigger on the Millennium <laughs> no. Falcon. I no. actually bought Jedi Fallen Order. How much was the Millennium Falcon? It was four something. And but it's usually eight something? How many pieces is that bitch? I have no idea. A lot. A yeah. Lot. But I, I bought Jedi Fallen Order. I logged on to PSN hoping there'd be a deal. There wasn't. Yeah. So bought it. 24 hours later, it's fucking 10 bucks off, 20 bucks off, really? whatever it was. Yeah. So how much you pay for it? Because I saw I it. I paid 59.99. I saw it in Target, and I was like, uh, do I want to buy it? It's still 60 bucks. Give yeah. me a deal. Yeah. There weren't a lot of deals. You know who never no. puts out any deals is Nintendo. They're like, this is the price. Dude, buy it. Their Black Friday bundle this year for the Nintendo Switch was the exact same one as the one last year. Yeah. It's same Mario price. Kart. Same price. Yeah. It was still Mario Kart. Guess what? Mario Kart's been out for what? Six years yeah, now? Grow up. Come on, Nintendo. Fucking drop <laughs> us a dime real quick. I went to Target three times on Black Friday. <laughs> Why? So the first time I went there to door bust and I get? busted all what did you over guys the place. Get? I got a pair of beats that were 170 off. Okay. Not bad. I use them when I work out. You see these bad boys right <laughs> see, here? I don't think these I'll... don't just come from sleeping. <laughs> I don't these think I'll buy grinding. another pair of headphones ever again. I have too many pairs of headphones already. The last pair of headphones I had were the great pair of studios. Mm-hmm. I got two years out of them. I loved them. Go use the promo code. Mac and Goo, I'm sure it still works. The studios, uh, the over ears for me, uh, the a little tight. You know how one of the why it's because you got big Dumbo ears. Everyone called you Ear Boy back that's, in high school. That's a good point. Yeah, that was my nickname. Like a young Josh Server. Good uh, reference because we got a big ears guy in the movie we're going to talk about today. Oh yes, we yeah. do. We have yeah. a lot of big ears because they're all old. When <laughs> people get old, their ears start to droop like tits. <laughs> for men, it's ears. For ladies. <laughs> It's tatas. That's good. I have to edit that out. WBZ. <laughs> News Radio 1030. What are we talking about? Black Friday. Yeah. I also got a couple Roku's. You know what a Roku is? It's a streaming service. Yeah, I don't think Half it's necessary off. for a smart TV. Well, it's not for a smart TV. You don't have a smart TV. Well, I have TV. one smart TV, and yeah. then in my bedroom, just a normal TV. So oh, I've got a wow. nice Roku streaming, there and it is go. flying. Also got one for my father-in-law. There you go. And then I gave my old one to my mother. Don't tell her. She thinks it's new. You put it in the box. Yeah, she thinks it's new. <laughs> that fool. She fell for it. I love uh, old folks trying to pronounce words like Roku. Oh, the, yeah. The Roku. The Roku. Get, get the Roku. The Roku. <laughs> and then I also ordered the novelization of 1989's Batman. Why? Why not? You're not going to read it. It's 12 bucks. I'll eventually read it. It's a hardcover. Well, that's just going on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, right behind me. Doing. It's going to go yeah. over next to my other graphic novels. Yeah. My three graphic novels. Yeah, you got three up there? I have Batman Ninja Turtles 1, mm. Batman Ninja Turtles 2. Thank you, Brightside Comics, for mm. sending those over to me. Mm-hmm. And then I have the pamphlet from the inside of Inside the Spider-Verse. <laughs> 
Those are the three. Really building an arsenal. So this will round out your I'm Mount Rushmore. It. Yeah, this is my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Dude, what are your favorite graphic novels? <laughs> well, I own four. So those I own ones. four. So here they are. One of them is the movie Batman. <laughs> they put it into story form. So does it still have like script notes on it, or did they actually they actually made it into they a novel? They just turned it into a novel, and it's you know comics, everything else. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it's a reprint. I had the actual print of Batman Returns when I was a kid, and I can't find it anywhere. And I'm very very sad. It's a weird thing because that's a great a story. That's a gir- weird. Pee Wee Herman own. throws his kid in the ocean or a river. All right. What does Gotham have? Harbors. By the way, you yeah. know the guy that plays the Penguin in Gotham? Yeah. Billy Eichner's college roommate. Really? Yeah. I learned that on season five of Billy on the Street. I don't know what he's going to do now. We're making dreams come true. Billy on the Street. One, goo, three, yeah. and Jaws three. and King of Queens. and Meryl Street. I'm Goo! And I'm Mac. And we are the Mac and Goo program. We bring you all sorts of stuff. One of those things being a friendship. Ooh. Some would say the best boat you can own. <laughs> Goo, are you at all Irish? Any percent Irish? I think so. My father's a real mutt. Yeah. Not yeah, Mike Muttnansky. Well. I'm talking like, you know, when a dog has a couple of different things going on. Right, right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a mutt myself, but I'm predominantly Irish. I'm like 40 or 50% Irish. Mm-hmm. McNamara probably gives that away. Oh, that's right. Uh, so I, I was asked the other day at work. They're like, hey, what's uh, what's Mac's name? Sales department asked me, and I'm uh, like, there you go. Jeff. Yeah. Make sure you spell it with a J. Jeffrey, and it's R-E-Y, not E-R-Y. Uh-oh, might have sent him the people, wrong email People then. misspell it all the time. So, Mac, the topic today is The Irishman. Mm, and The latest Martin Scorsese film. But I would say before we get to The Irishman, let's get to our award-winning segment. <laughs> Sadly, I will say, yeah. Manda Watch has been canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah? But from the ashes, yeah. a phoenix shall rise. Sure. And today we got Baby Yoda spilt the soda timeout. Look what you did, you little jerk. Oh, Mac, episode it's four. Good, it's a good mashup of Home Alone and, and, and Baby Yogi. Yeah, because he uh, spilt the soda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> episode four of The Mandalorian. <sighs> what are you thinking, man? Because you know what? I didn't like it. So, you know what I said to myself? Man, I'm Bordian. <laughs> so chapter four, Sanctuary, more like chapter four, Cemetery. Am Wait, I right? You didn't like The Mandalorian? Because <laughs> this killed all of the show's momentum. I felt like watching it was a real Mandatorian. <laughs> More like the Mandaborian, am I right? You know what I this wanted to do? This episode was an absolute snooze fest. You know what I wanted to do? Hop in my Mandalorian <laughs> and go back in time before I watched it. More like Gina Cardbordo, am I right? Because she just plays her Deadpool character but with the charisma of an Amazon delivery box. More like Mamalorian, because <laughs> he's watching his baby. More like Bryce Dallas Cowboys, am I right? Because this episode... <laughs> Because this episode failed to deliver, just like the guys over at Jerry World. <laughs> this is pretty much, uh, this is Return of the Jedi, but without the Ewoks, right? No, this is prequel level shit. This was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and she really went out of her way to try to tell a Mandalorian love story in the middle of a season. A Mandalorian? Where they just ramped up to a point where everyone was excited for this episode. You thought something cool was going to happen. The AV Turns Club- out, nope. The AV Club gave this an A-. minus. Come on with it. Are you kidding me? The previous episode, a B-. minus. Are you fucking kidding me? I told you not to swear, Mac. I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. Hey, you know what? 
You're running <sighs> real hot right now, man. I get it. So they land on this stupid fucking krill planet to start. Sorry for the swear again. And then <laughs> just starts they, apologizing for every swear. They introduce you to the krill woman, which you don't care about, and then you know she's gonna play a role. Oh, and by you the way, hate it. so these are the only twenty people that live in this town. Yeah, apparently it's a yeah. village. So it's a big incestville. Sounds like it. Because yeah. if people aren't leaving nor yeah. coming. <laughs> uh, look what we got here yeah and so the episode is just dumb it's stupid they try to get you to buy into this woman and a mando love story you don't care you just want to see mando you want to see baby yogi you want to see a buddy cop fucking cool fun thing instead you get introduced to gina carano who wasn't terrible but she wasn't great either this might be the dumbest question i'm ever going to ask in my life yep are we getting too much baby yoda like, are they relying too much on the cutesy baby Yoda? Yeah, so they so they're doing too much of that. Okay, I want to see more cool Yoda stuff. Yeah, that would be nice since they've done it once in four episodes. Having now. said that, I can watch Baby Yoda walk next to the Mandalorian for a full half hour. That's fine. That would have been better than this episode. Yeah, because this episode stunk. Just slowly it wasn't walking. Good. It was on useless. At the, at the beginning of this episode. They're in the exact same place as they are at the end of the episode, which tells you the episode is useless. It's not like I hated it. It's definitely the worst oh, so far. It. I hate okay, it. Okay, you hated it. Yeah. Would you give it an F? How many hot dogs would you give it? Uh, I I mean, 11? I don't know. It was bad. And that really drags the entire season down. Yeah, because I the first two episodes I thought were were decent. They had really good parts. Yeah. Overall decent. The third episode I loved. And so we're, we're hitting a peak here. We're hitting our stride. And then you just halted it. Now, I can't help but compare this to the prequels, but also to... That Stranger Things episode that everyone hated. I actually liked that Stranger Things episode yep. for future reasons, which they're now never going to pay off. But this had that same feel where they're telling a story no one cares about. It completely halts the momentum of the show. Useless, useless, useless episode. The way that I look at it and compare it to Endor and the Ewoks is that a lot of the fighting takes place with sticks and stones. Yep, like sharpened sticks. Yep. Really? Is that what we're Sharpen doing? sticks and pits. The Empire shall fall to teddy bears <laughs> with sticks. That's how we should do it. It's the worst episode of television I watched this year. But that said, you know, I don't watch as much TV as everyone else. I only watch good shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely the worst episode of television I've watched this year. And we'll get some more on some Star Wars slash what we watch in slash Max Sack later. Mm. But that was Baby Yoda spilt the soda timeouts. <laughs> Too many words. Are your are your theme songs, your stingers getting worse? Uh yeah. I am getting worse. <laughs> but the the main issue, Mac, is yeah. that everyone keeps canceling the other one. So I need to rush a new one into yeah, process every single true. time. That's true. Hopefully this one sticks. Yeah. And I don't have to make a new one next week, but we'll see. <laughs> Mac, what is the main if you will, the uh And now your feature presentation with the hashtag Dark Night. The topic is your Oh, that's the uh topic of the day. I don't have to ask because I know. I don't need a classicist thing to know that. <laughs> I read the books. I like soup. I actually don't really like soup. Do you like soup? You big soup guy? I love soup. Do you like broth or do you like soups? I like broths. I like what's in the soups. What's your go-to soup? My favorite soup right now is sagang. It okay, is a Filipino soup. Is. It's either made with pork or shrimp. It is fantastic. You can make it with both? Either one. So will you eat soup for a full meal or just like an appetizer? Yeah. It's not filling. That's my issue with it. I don't what mind are you, soup. What are you putting in your soup? Are you putting enough chicken in your soup? You no, enough, I, uh... I like like a stew. Like a, oh, like stew's a great. Well, stew. stew is great. Stew fills you up too much, though. Oh, see, no. It fills me up just enough. And that's what they say. It, 
A soup is not a stew, but a stew is a soup. <laughs> it's that whole square rectangle Yeah, thing. it's a whole thing. Goo, today's topic du jour is The Irishman. Cinema! The Irishman, the latest Martin Scorsese film. This is a rated R biography, crime, and drama with a runtime of 209 minutes. You've got to be kidding me with this. 209 minutes. Like, 209 minutes. I think I understand uh -huh. what happened here. Yeah. Is Netflix went to Martin Scorsese and said, you can do whatever you want. You can chop off at least an hour, if not an hour and a half, and you get pretty much the same movie. Well, no, no. If you chop off an hour and a half, you might have a great movie on your hands. Well, even with the hour, you would have had a fantastic movie, I felt like. But there's a lot of wasted time in here, there's both a, at the beginning and the end. There's the so much part, wasted time that when you're looking at it after, you get so like confused by what was in the movie because sure. there's so much. Yeah. Like there's some great stuff in here. I it's felt just like that the middle too much wasting time. The middle hour and a half of the movie oh, yeah. was awesome. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Maybe not his best work, but close to it. Maybe his best work in a decade? In a while, in yeah. A while. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. The beginning was pretty clunky and they, they don't need to do all the stuff they do. And the end just went on for a half hour too long. Oh my god, the end. I know that you we're not gonna do too many spoilers because there really isn't that much to spoil. No, it's not more a ton. of this big picture crap. Yeah, it, and but it's it's a fictionalized version of what happened in and around the time of Jimmy Hoffa and Jimmy yeah. Hoffa's disappearance. So that's the idea of the story. Yeah. So one of the main points of this movie is that it stars a de-aged Robert De Niro. Yeah. You know what? Do the plot first. Yeah. And okay. then we'll do this. We'll, fin okay. we'll finish our nuts and bolts here. So currently, Goo, on Rotten Tomatoes, this is sporting a 96% from the critics. And an 86% from the audience. Okay, so let's get back into how Rotten Tomatoes works. Yeah. It's a thumbs up, thumbs down situation. Sure. So even if everyone gives it a 65, yeah. thumbs up. Well, hold that thought. Go ahead. On Metacritic, a 94. What? A 94 on Metacritic. Did one they of the, watch the whole one movie? One of the highest scores of the year. Did they get a super cut of the movie? So I don't know. And I guess what Scorsese is really good at is the technical stuff of directing. You know, the cinematics. What stuff. he's really good at is he's good at confusing people <laughs> into thinking things are better than so they are. I feel like what hurts the critics when they're reviewing films is reviewing shit Cinema, people don't care about. I don't really care about the lighting or the way something was shot most of the time. Mm -hmm. I care about the story. I care about the storytelling, what's going on on screen. But the, so, the, the critics often care about what's going on behind the camera, and we don't give a fuck about that. But even with that type of stuff, he does some retread moves. Like, he does another oh, sure. steady cam shot. The movie he does, opens with a complete homage to Goodfellas. Yeah, but when he does that stuff, I roll my eyes, and I'm like, this isn't cool. We've already seen this. Yeah, I don't. Roll I'm not my, like, oh, no, no, I look, don't. He brought it back. No, I'm not. I'm in between that. I don't roll my eyyes, but I'm like, oh, okay, I get what he's doing here. You know, I've seen when it he before. did the Steadicam shot. I'm like, we saw this way better 20, 30 years sure, ago. Sure, but I do like Steadicam shots, so it's not like I don't like it. The only Steadicam shot I want is in Rocky Three. <laughs> Run on the beach, baby. So this movie was written by. That was a dolly, by the way. I don't know why I said Steadicam. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Don't get at me, you. Crazy cinema freaks. Yeah, you, you folks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was on a dolly, you idiot. <laughs> well, you know what? Dolph Lundgren punched Rocky in the heart so hard he almost died. Ayo. So you can stuff that in a sock. The Irishman is written by Steven Zalian, who mm -hmm. did Patriot Games, Searching for Bobby Fischer, Schindler's List, Clear and Present Danger, The First Mission Impossible, Gangs of New York, American mm -hmm. Gangster, Moneyball, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. One of the finest comedic writers of our time. <laughs> so this guy clearly knows what yeah, he's he doing. Yeah, he knows how to write a script. And honestly, yeah. the nuts and bolts of this script is very good. Mm -hmm. They just needed to work together 
this guy and Scorsese and cut out the nonsense. But and here's the it issue. It would have been awesome. So without the editor, nuts and bolts, we got screwed. <laughs> hey, hey. Texas football. Uh, the book, which I believe is also titled The Irishman, was written by Charles Brandt. Uh, the movie, of course, is directed by Mr. Cinema, Martin Scorsese. Uh, you might know him from Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The, the Departed, Shutter Island, Hugo. Goo's a big Hugo guy. Hugo starring Borat, A right? horse, I think. I thought Borat's in that. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street was mm. the last one that we all probably saw. He did one in 2016 called Silence, which starred Adam Driver, Andrew mm. Garfield, Liam Neeson, which I bet is a really good boxers movie. Wolf of Wall I'm Street never see is it. another one. So I do like this movie. Some people now yeah. don't seem to like it. I still really like Wolf of Wall so Street. So if it was shorter, it would be a lot better. I Same thing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But out of all of his 2000s movies, mm -hmm. I think they've all been sort of Mets of Mets. Mm -hmm. A lot wrong with every single one of them. But Wolf of Wall Street is my favorite of everything post 2K. I would agree with you. I think. You know what? I do. Same page right here. That's what makes us similar. That makes us great. Righto. Uh, the synopsis, a mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. This movie stars 76-year-old Robert De Niro and as Frank what, Sheeran. What they do really well is they de-age him before he was a cuck snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> it also stars 79-year-old Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa. Oh! <gasps> 76-year-old Joe Pesci as Russell Buffalino. I love me some Joe Pesci in this. I'm a big Pesci guy. I, really subdued. Yeah. Very quiet and just... Still a good actor. I thought Still he was great. Still a very good actor. You know what's a great scene in the movie? And this is really stupid. When he's pouring his cereal. I thought that was an amazing... Yeah. He sits down in the kitchen. He's just quietly, very calmly pouring his cereal. I actually thought the best acted scene of the movie comes almost at the very end. Okay. When they're older forms of themselves. I don't want to spoil it, but... That was the best scene in the movie to me. Okay. Uh, Harvey Keitel plays Angelo Bruno. Mm -hmm. Ray Romano as Bill Buffalino was also great. You know what they say? I love Raymond. <laughs> Does everybody? Ray Romano, his last three or four years, has done nothing but awesome roles. Like, he has so much money that he just picks and chooses, like, these weird... Obviously, this isn't a weird role. This yeah. is a huge role. Well, it's, but, a, it's a weird role, though. But he, like, puts himself into, like, these weird television shows yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. You know what's actually really funny that Ray did was when he was on the office for like three minutes and he yeah. was obsessed about when he was his sandwich. In the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the better guest stars that they brought that was in. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is Skinny Razor. Anna Paquin as uh, the mute oldie Peggy Sheeran. Stephen Graham plays Anthony Tony Pro Provenzano, who I th also thought was very good. Mm -hmm. Stephanie Kurtzuba as Irene Sheeran, that is Frank's second wife. Uh, Jack Houston as Robert Kennedy, RFK. He's in there for 10 seconds, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, Catherine Narducci plays Carrie Buffalino. Jesse Plemons plays Chucky O'Brien, Frank's, uh, no, uh, Hoffa's stepson. He was good. He was good, yeah. yeah he was good. Uh, Dominic Lombardozzi as Fat Tony Salerno, who I thought was pretty good. You might know him as Cousin Dom from Entourage. He was of course. In three episodes of Entourage. I know all my people from Entourage. <laughs> I'm like, like, is this Martin Scorsese the one from Entourage? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Paul Herman as Whispers de Tulio. And Gary Barsaba as Frank Fitzsimmons. Now, <laughs> it's a good nickname. The cast list keeps on going and going and going. Honestly, the longest cast list I've ever seen on IMDb. So we'll just mm -hmm. end it there. Yeah. Other than three cameos. Sebastian Maniscalco plays Joseph Crazy Joe Gallo. I thought he was pretty good in his in yeah. his few minutes. Uh, Jim Norton plays Don Rickles in a in a quick scene. Yeah. And Action Bronson plays a casket salesman. Yeah. How about that? That was that, actually a really funny that scene. That screams too. cinema. Yes. Action Bronson. Yeah, but it was a sweet casket scene. Yeah, of course. So you mentioned a bunch of characters there. Yeah. Let's start off with the character that's in every single scene. Yep. 
And that is a de-aged or aged up or the actual age? I don't Robert think he actually plays his real age, which is bizarre. So he's 76 in real life. Yeah. So when they de-age him, how young are they trying to de-age him? So because that's the tough thing to look at because the wives are way younger. The wives are way too young and they're aging them up. Yeah, it's very bizarre. At the beginning of the movie, when he is at his youngest, mm -hmm. is he supposed to be 30? Like I don't, 35, I don't know, 40? because he looks 50. I had no idea He at looks any point. 50, yeah. And the CGI on the face is too smooth. My main point about the CGI, and overall, it wasn't bad. No, but the first hour is distracting. So... What I noticed is when he was on screen by himself, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. When there were other faces and other characters on screen, the CGI got a bit wonky. And you're yeah. like, okay, I can tell they're de -aging. Let me ask you a question. Why not cast someone else, someone of age? I don't know. Scorsese's got a De Niro thing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's like, you know who's really hot right now? Yeah. It's Robert De Niro. He's coming <laughs> hot off a bad grandpa. We need to get him in here. And the other weird part is... Pesci's character is older than De Niro's in this movie, and yeah. they're the real. In real life, they're the same. That was me. Oh, that's you. Point. Okay. In real life, they're the same age, so the de aging was different on them, and the aging was different on them, and it was just, it was odd. It was bizarre. Every time that Pesci called him kid, I asked myself, how old is he? Right. Is he calling a sixty-year-old right. man kid? And <laughs> the scene where they meet, De Niro looks older, even at his youngest, he looks fifty. He yeah. never looks younger. Right. But also with that, I'm like, what year is it? Until they get into uh, Hoffa and the Kennedys. Which is almost an hour in. It's like 45 yeah. minutes in. So until you get into those two characters, you're like, yeah. what year are they in right now in general? They spend, or he spends too much time setting up Frank Sheeran when all you needed was like a three-minute montage to really sell who he was and what he can do, and we'll buy in. Listen, we're here to watch a mob movie. We get it. Yeah. You don't need to spend 45 minutes you know selling us some Frank It's Sharon. about time Scorsese tells us a story of an up-and-comer in the mob. <laughs> I haven't seen this before. Someone who goes from rags to riches, yeah. does a bunch of odd jobs, gains the trust of everybody, right. and then becomes everyone's hero. Well, honestly, my only gripes about this movie or the length Scorsese goes to establish Frank Sheeran, yep. and at the end, the length he goes to finish Frank Sheeran's story. And also, Frank Sheeran was probably the worst actor in the movie. He was. And, and so, that's the issue. Those are my only issues with the movie. So the problem again, is, that's most of the movie. Getting back to him being the de like, why didn't they just get somebody else? As most of you can tell, I'm into some nostalgia porn stuff from the 80s and the 90s. I'm into MILF stuff. Yeah. Look, this is old man porn. This is them looking at their fallen hero, their older hero, being like, oh, De Niro still kicks ass. Right. 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 Oh, even at his advanced well, age so of 104. I wonder, and, and, and this is how I sort of think Scorsese thinks, Yeah, is that these three actors sort of grew up 40s, 50s, 60s, so they grew up in the era and they know how to act that era. And actually, Sam Libby put this best, one of our good followers on Twitter. Yeah. He said it's pretty clear De Niro doesn't have his fastball anymore. No. Like, he just can't be a leading but man. But also... He should never be a leading man ever again. You know what they should have done? Is if they wanted to de-age and CGI De Niro onto a younger man. Because <laughs> what the, I found... Oh, well, you want to do the Ryan Johnson and Looper thing. What I found to be a huge issue was in a lot of scenes, he had a young... I'm putting in quotes. Yeah. A young man's face with a 76-year-old body. So he yeah. was still like leaning over, kind of like an old man, or when he was trying to kick someone in the face, yeah. he was very hesitant because I thought he was, was afraid of falling over. There was one scene in particular in this movie that I thought was, it's for sure the worst scene Scorsese's ever put to film, and one of the worst 
scenes I've ever seen. The it glass was door through the the glass door yeah. and then the the stutter stop. It was so fucking bad, and that's been kind of circling like uh, I Twitter. Said. But that was so poorly done. Like De Niro literally couldn't physically do it. No, so it looks so fucking awkward. It looks terrible. There's a lot of scenes of that though where you can see him kind of hunched over and he looks super old when he's supposed yeah. to be. 35 40 right. whatever whatever the whatever he's is. supposed to be yeah. he just doesn't look it you don't buy it and that's also the issue with the first 45 minutes of the film is it's the younger de niro i was talking to wesley b formerly of the boxers podcast <laughs> yeah. or currently <laughs> of the boxers free agent podcast. who knows what's going on the football season's over they might be back soon yeah maybe fingers are crossed Ooh, is that a big marcus tease I don't know. I haven't spoken to Marcus in a while. I'd like for him to tell us what's going on. Yeah. But I spoke with Wes, mm -hmm. and he made a great point that Leonardo DiCaprio should have played the lead role, and it would have been amazing. Mm, no, because most of uh, this story is set when these guys are in their 50s. I know that, but you And could, I wouldn't have bought Leo as their age. I could, no, I could buy Leo as being 50. Maybe once you get to like the 80s and like the 90s The problem the is end, the rest of the cast is older, so that would have looked awkward You know what you could have done too is just had a bunch of younger actors. Yeah, that probably would have been better, but you know, he wants to, you know, they're all giving each other hand jobs here. What are you, you going to do? There's nothing we that can do about that. That was the best scene of the movie, There's though. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> just the it, circle jerk. It took a while. Big they're, circle jerk. They're like, I'm almost done. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> ice cream Sundays. So let's get all our spoiler-free notes out of the way, and then we'll jump to okay. some spoilers. Number one, yeah, the movie's too long. I felt like this movie was Goodfellas wannabe mixed with the weird elements of Forrest Gump, and it, and it was like a, <laughs> some sort of love child. Now I like I love Forrest Gump. I know, but it's it the love child that you make here isn't great. Now it's Pacino, it's not bad either. At one point, Pacino as Hoffa did go up to Sheeran and say. I am not a smart man. <laughs> oh. I also felt like uh, this definitely had the look and feel of like a classic Scorsese film, but it lacked all the punch and panache that they usually have, too. That's because like the just, people aren't sharp anymore. Yeah, I agree. It, that's really what it is. It's a De Niro problem. Yeah. It did have like... A score that fit the film, but, but it, it was also same, felt lazy. It, it felt, was a lazy score. It seemed like they just took the score from Goodfellas. Yeah, it was lazy. That's yeah. what I mean. Like it, it fits, but you're like, ah, all right, yeah, I'll, a, I'll deal with there's it. There's a lot of retread Scorsese things. Yep. I do feel like though, once we get to about an hour in, it really picks up, and I was riveted. The yeah. next hour and a half from there, I really, really liked what we got. I guess I'll there's ask you, about ninety to hundred minutes in here of really of a really, really good movie. I guess I'll ask you the same thing I ask with all of these long movies. Yeah, is would it have been better if it was chopped into a miniseries? No, because I yeah, but you could have just skipped the first two episodes, yeah, watched guess, episodes three, so. four, and five, and then not watch. The I last just don't two. like the way most TV series end up, and then you're like buying in because then if you make it a miniseries, we're probably could talking imagine, six hours. of Could content. you imagine if this was a miniseries and the final episode is just old man Frank <laughs> buying a casket? <laughs> so yikes! Again, once this story hits its stride, it really is a compelling story. It's got some humor in there. The dialogue I felt at times were. It felt like a, a like yeah. an old school or Scorsese film, and like the writing was really good. Like things felt good for a while, but then you get back to the end of the film, and again we hit a slog. The last thirty minutes or so are and just not necessary. There's something in this movie that I feel is completely rushed, and is one of the main focuses of the final hour. So at first I was like, ah, Anna Paquin's not speaking at all, but then I felt like. Okay, I get it. I get the whole deal. It sort of works for me. I didn't love it. She's in like three minutes of the movie. Even her as a younger kid is barely in the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a throw-in. She literally speaks in one scene, and that's yeah. it. So, I mean, the biggest spoiler of all is that Hoffa loves ice 
scream. He <laughs> loves Sundays. Who doesn't? That's he doesn't drink, you know? I think it's very rare to find a laborer, someone that's a blue-collar guy that doesn't drink. And Hoffa didn't drink. Classic Mac, always taking shots at the blue-collar <laughs> worker. Classic. No, no, no. no the typical blue-collar worker drinks. Yeah. I'm standing up for that guy. The six Scorsese films since the year 2000. Gangs of New York, 2002. I thought this was better. This is better than that. Yeah. Uh, the Aviator, 2004. I thought this was better than that. Semi. I think it's better. Okay. The Departed, 2006. As much as I kind of hate The Departed, The Departed is paced better. It is. And it's more fun. Mac, get in the mosh. <laughs> is that the line? <laughs> yeah. When I tell you to put a body in the mosh, you put the body in the mosh. Something stupid like You're that. You're Nicholson. I thought he was in the room. <laughs> uh, the Departed is better. Yeah, I can admit that. It's a better movie. Uh, Shutter Island. I like this more than Shutter Island, actually. Shutter Island doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't You don't do understand it. Shutter Island. <laughs> there are some scenes that are cut together where someone's holding a cigarette, and then a second later, they're not. Hugo. I know you're a big Hugo guy. I love Hugo. Uh, this is better than Hugo. I've never seen Hugo. Hugo, Once I can again, tell you this is better. What is Hugo? I don't know. Okay. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street 2013 was the last one that everyone saw. I like Wolf of Wall Street yeah, better. Yeah, I like Wolf of Wall Street better as well. And you got uh, Margot Robbie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they tried to do that in this one, yeah. too, but they aged up all the women. So no, uh, no nudity in The Irishman. Zero. None. Zip. Uh, and then of course, I think I was actually asked about that on Facebook. Of If I have to sit through this three-and-a-half-hour movie, are there boobs? And I'm like... <laughs> It's a reasonable question. There is not. <laughs> no. And then, of course, he did that 2016 movie, I believe, called The Silence with Driver, Garfield, and Liam Neeson's, which I'm sure is well acted. Never going to see that. So out of these six films of the two Ks, I think The Irishman is better than at least four of them. I think it's right in the middle. So you have three more than The Irishman. I think I like two more, and then there are others that are kind of right on the same level. I don't, okay. All right. I get what I you're saying. I don't think... Like, like, if you tier look, them, yeah. you have Wolf of Wall Street Departed. Say if I was building a letterbox right now. <laughs> Letterbox.com. Letterboxd.com. I'd say it's his third best film of the 2000s. I think that's a pretty agreeable statement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You could argue it, but it's really not worth arguing. No. Is, is what I would exactly. say. Exactly. It's in line with things he's done in the past, which I guess makes it worth watching, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's three and a half hours, it's worth watching. Even if it takes you a week. Yeah. Even if it takes you a month. <laughs> Even if you just chisel five minutes off a day and you get yeah. through it in a go. year. Actually, math-wise, how long would it take if you watched five minutes a day? Uh, it's 209 minutes, so let's do five goes into 120 times, so 40. It would take you 42 days. Even if it takes you 42 days to watch this movie. <laughs> you should be all set. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Yeah, there you go. It's a fine you can piece watch, of cinema. You can spend the whole winter watching it if you do five minutes a day. <laughs> it is a fine piece of cinema, Mac. <laughs> Once again, Robert De Niro, yeah, not great in this. But Ray Romano, Joe Pesci, mm. I loved. Really, really good. Really, really strong. Al Pacino was playing Al Pacino, but so I eh. actually thought he stunk at first, <laughs> and then he sort of found his stride in the second half of the movie. Towards the end, when more things are going on with him, like when he gets out of prison, I felt like he was acting really, really well. Like he actually had bought in because he had probably been on set for six years at that point. So in the <laughs> <laughs> so that would be, I believe, at the start of the second hour is what you're talking about there. Yeah, right around then. Look, we've seen a lot of this stuff in this movie before yeah. and done better, but it's kind of him pulling all of his tricks and putting them on screen. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. newer groundbreaking in no, this. No, not at all. Not at all. Ex other than the de-aging for him. But that's been done better but it, in but it, many movies. Yeah, yeah. It was even done better in Rogue One. 
who did the de age in Rogue One? Oh, Carrie Fisher and Grand Moff Tolkien. Yeah, yeah that's you're right. It was done better, but J.J. <laughs> Tolkien. <laughs> but again, what they J.R. Tolkien, what they smartly do in those movies, and when we've seen it in the past, it's the only face on screen. Yeah, so we have no other face to compare it to, and you also don't use it too much. Yes. Correct. Because even when they DH Robert Downey Jr., which looks amazing mm. because he's been on the screen for so many years, right. they don't do it for too long. Well, and like I said, you're not looking at any other faces on the screen, so you just accept it as normal. I just don't understand how they couldn't have made the Robert De Niro face look better because he's been a movie star for so long, yeah. and there's so much footage of his face. Yeah. Why couldn't they have they make made his that eyes look younger? They make too blue as well. They're like really, really blue. They're piercing. Point. Yeah. Yeah. It's too blue. I don't like that. I don't like it either. No, he's like a like a Monchichi or something. Yeah. And before we get to everyone's favorite segment, I would propose to you uh, a <laughs> What's question. everyone's favorite segment? Is it uh, Scorsese versus the MCU? I was going to say, we've already done Baby Yoda <laughs> spilt the soda. So, um, Where would you rank this among Netflix originals? Because this is up there. Yeah. Now, I, I got a quick list here. Now, are you comparing these to like the stand-ups that are also on no, there? No, or no, just no. Movies? Just actual you know, movies. So I got a quick list. You tell me better or worse. Yeah. Always Be My Maybe. I didn't finish that movie. I liked Always Be My Maybe better, actually. Okay. Uh, El Camino. El Camino's better. Irishman is better. Uh, Gerald's Game. Didn't finish Gerald's Game. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I don't know what that is. Probably never going to watch it. Wesley really liked it. Mm. Uh, Roma won Best Picture, so Roma's probably better, right? <laughs> Cinema-wise, I mean, yeah. <laughs> how could you argue that? To All the Boys I've Loved Before. That's my number one, baby. Okay. So I love that I, movie. I still haven't seen it. I probably I should. I need to see the sequel when it comes out. <laughs> and then the third one. Uh, and then a couple, one that just came out recently, one that comes out in a couple weeks. Dolomite is My Name is getting a lot of praise as well. Yeah. That's the Eddie Murphy one. Yeah, we need to watch that. Uh, and then Marriage Story is the Driver Scarjo one yep, that so I think that is going to be better. And then there's also, you didn't mention Bird Box. Yeah, I'm never going to watch that movie. You didn't mention Black Mirror, Pick Your Story. Yeah, that's worse. Okay. <laughs> Glad we answered that. So what is everyone's favorite game? What are we going to play? I guess, are we playing? Would you put the Irishman on the Mount Rushmore of Netflix originals? Yes, just because of the amount of money that went into it, the amount of right, attention to detail, the fact that it doesn't look like a made-for-TV movie at a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, it's it looks like a real movie. It's a theater-quality movie. It's a theater-quality movie, which yep. a lot of their movies are not. I agree. So now we're going to get to, is this Stranger Things or Donkey Kong? <laughs> You said it's everyone's favorite segment. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I think because Scorsese wants to call it the MCU, let's compare him to the MCU. Why not? Fuck yeah. it. So The Irishman, I would say, is better definitively than five MCU films. Now, are you saying is a better movie or would you rather watch? So it's sort of the same thing to me, but I, I get what you're asking me. I think it's better than The like, Incredible Hulk like, okay, so just, and The Dark World for sure. So really quickly. like I'm getting to that. Uh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Can I finish? <laughs> As you interrupt I would say, <laughs> the original Thor yeah. is a worse movie. Definitely. But would I rather watch the original Thor? Probably. I think so. Probably. I'm sorry. You know what? Yeah, probably. Am I a bad critic? No, because I'm not a fucking critic. Yeah, so deal with not that. A not a very rewatchable movie this is. But uh, there are parts that are. Definitely. Either for parts. comedic purposes <laughs> or because, once again, the middle hour yeah. slash, once again... If you cut this down to two hours and 20 minutes, it could have been a great all-time movie. I don't know about all-time great, but it, it would have been a great movie. But if sure. you're comparing it to other Scorsese movies, and if it's up there with those movies, then it's an all-time movie. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm sort of lower on Scorsese greats than most, though. But I just want to gnaw on his eyebrows. Just, mm. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but I, I think for sure better than like 
Hulk, Dark World, Iron Man 2 and 3, Thor, First yeah. Avenger. Yeah. I think this is better than that. Is it better as a movie than the First Avenger? Yes. Yeah. But the First Avenger is so much cheesy fun mm. that me likesy. Me likes yeah, more. I, that's another one I don't really want to watch either. That's so that's borderline. That's sort of what we're talking that's a movie about here. That First Avenger or Irishman. That's in that range. I will never seek out, but when it's on FX three times a week, yeah. I'm gonna watch it all three times. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I'm not a big First Avenger guy. But it's I'd rather watch the first Thor than First it's Avenger. A period piece. Would man. you rather rather watch First Avenger or Thor? First Avenger. Really? Yeah. Oh, Thor for me, definitely. Just getting back to eyebrows real quick. Why are you painting his eyebrows blonde? <laughs> What's going on there? Thor's just way cooler than Captain America. That's Thor's way cooler when he has darker eyebrows. I mean, get off the eyebrows, bro. Thor as he is right now, and this is great Scorsese talk. <laughs> Thor as he is right now yeah. is better than Cap. I have so many Thor Funko Pops now. It's incredible. I got about seven of them. I'm trying not to buy stuff, but <laughs> anytime that I see any bro, kind of- Bro, Thor is such a good one. Anytime I see any kind of Thor sculpture, yeah. I'm always like- I want that. Yeah. You sent me that link to that sculpture site the other day, and I've yeah. been on the website about 15 times. Have you bought anything? No, I can't. I can't. I know, right? But I want to. The one that is at the best price is Rocket and Baby Groot. It's that like one's 38 bucks. But then you look at it, and it's a part of a series, so you have to buy the other five. I know. I know. But that rocket is sweet. And That's then how actually, they rope you in. The Star-Lord, I think, who is $75 maybe, that also looks great. Yeah, well, they all look great. They all look That's great. That's the thing about 3D printing nowadays. Yeah. Once again, great Scorsese talk. But <laughs> 3D printing on these sculptures are through the roof. There's no chance Scorsese has any idea what 3D printing is. My in-laws asked me, like, oh, what do you want for Christmas this year? And I'm just like, I like being surprised. But I'd be very surprised and happy if my wife is listening to me in the hallways and just, you know, kind of... Pushes towards a sculpture or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Send that link. I'll Find be happy something. with any of these. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you have the Iron Man glove, right? Yes, The uh, gauntlet? Yeah. How do you like that? Have you put it on your hand yet? I drank a White Claw with it. It's perfect size to hold the White Claw. How about holding something else? A White Claw is girthier than my penis. <laughs> put it on his tombstone. <laughs> put it on a shirt. Make that a shirt. <laughs> What other game do you got here? That's uh, pretty much it, right? I guess that's it. Yeah. You want to get Would you spoilers? call this cinema? Scorsese likes doing this thing with the time jumps and stuff. He really loves starting a story when someone is young and yep. finishing it when they're old. And usually the best part of that story is the middle, but he spends so much time on the young and the old that we don't care as much as he does. It's just the way he loves telling a story. Actually, it's, speaking it's weird. of it's so a bit weird. Speaking of the first Avenger, I like the CGI of Chris Evans' face on that weird weakling body <laughs> better than what we got here. It's a pencil neck gig. Who cares? They should have. You know what? Yeah. They should have CGI'd De Niro's face on a kid's body in this movie. <laughs> like that Marlon Wayans movie. And then just given that stupid fungal look. like, What's the Marlon Wayans movie where he's, they put his head on a baby's body? Little man. Yeah. This is my Robert De Niro, by the way. Yeah, it's not bad. He does that quite a bit in this movie. That's does that all he does in this movie. Yeah. It's constant funja face. It's it's that's it. No, it's the face of like the waiter forgot my appetizer. This baby threw up on my the shoes. Fuck? The shit. Where's my app? Do you want to get into the Ocho? Yeah, let's get into the Ocho. ESPN eight, the Ocho. Ocho, Ocho. Mac Ocho. Fun Factor. Was this movie fun? Uh there are moments in there. Yeah. That were fun. I laughed a few times. Like, it, it, was it, it intentionally funny though? So there was one unintentional, one of the fun that that curb stomping scene. Yeah, one of the most unintentional funny things I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely hysterical. But then once we got into the thick of the story, actually pretty good and some funny dialogue in there. When they got a gun, you charge. <laughs> a knife, you run. Gun, you charge. Knife, you run. 
I actually liked that courtroom scene. I did too. Yeah. Satisfactor. Were you satisfied? It did not meet my expectations. Um, what were you expecting? I guess then. I guess something tighter. But looking uh, at the runtime, I should yeah. have known. I, I sort of, I better. sort of expected this. To I be should have known better. Yeah, I sort of expected this. I'm expecting a nice tight movie at uh, three and a half hours. I, That's on me. I'm happy I didn't hate the movie. But I wasn't necessarily satisfied, if that makes sense. How about Satisfactor? S-A-D. Did the movie make you sad? I do wish he was he would have been able to reconnect with his daughter, Paquin's character. But Snooky. What you no, Sookie, not Snooky. Yeah, Sookie. 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 Rogue. Sookie, Sookie. Before she stole Captain Sookie. Marvel's powers so she could fly. Sookie, Sookie. Let her fly. Let her fly. Let her fly. Borometer. Was this movie boring? Parts of it were very boring. Yeah. Yep. And mostly the beginning and the end. There, yeah. there are definitely times where you're like, all right, come on. We don't need this. I don't even know what's going to happen, and I know we don't need this. Let's go. What else we got here? Yeah, Aquator. Is this movie better or worse than Aquaman? It's better than Aquaman. Yeah. But would I rather watch Aquaman? Call me a dummy. <laughs> but I think I would rather watch Aquaman again. If you said, Goo, here are these two Blu-ray DVDs. Aquaman's pretty fucking stupid. It's really fucking stupid. But... I don't think I ever want to watch it again. There's but, a chance I'll watch The Irishman again. I don't think I will. Hmm, that's fair. But you do. You I love cinema. I don't want to watch The Irishman again, but there's a chance I do. Halloween. Will our interest in this movie go down? And mine has already gone down. I saw it as a screening a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Brag. Humble brag. And when I first saw it, I liked it a bit more. Mm. And since then, I've already dropped the two dogs. On the flip side of that, though, because it's, gonna do an ollie off it's that? somewhat historically accurate... What I actually ended up doing after the movie was Googling some stuff about Hoffa and what happened That's in around that Google. time. That's because you love Google. You love reading, Part you of nerd. a labor union. I, it's That shit just interests me. I just felt like I actually... It made me look up some stuff, so I learned a couple things from the movie. So it'll wean for sure, but it, it did help me a little bit. Hot dog man. Hot dog man. Hot dog can. And for those of you tardy to the Mac and Goo party, we rate everything on a 40 hot dog rating system. Mac, I thought this movie was too long. So long, in fact, that I kind of forgot a lot of the good stuff. Mm. And the stuff that was boring and sucked really stuck in my mind. So you're going to have to rely on me here for the notes. I'm going to need you for the notes. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to need here. <laughs> I didn't care for some of the storylines. Some of them were great. And... It felt like at some point Scorsese was just playing his greatest hits. Yeah. Yep. Once again, within this movie, you could have had something great. You could have had the best movie of the year, maybe the best movie of the decade. What do well, I a know? A lot of people are getting are talking about this getting a Best Picture nom, and I think that would be an absolute joke if this gets nominated for Best Picture. They didn't even have an editor on this movie. <laughs> yeah. I had it at 30 hot dogs in the last two weeks. I've chopped it to 28. Okay, that's fair. I was at 30, 31, and again, I've been doing a good job of keeping track of all the movies I've watched this year. Letterbox, and, baby! And so I look in that, you know, sort of 29 to 31 range, and I've got Longshot, Booksmart, Us at 32, and those are better movies than this. 30, I've got The Dead Don't Die, Paddleton, Good Boys. Paddleton? Yeah, it's a Netflix one with Ray Romano. It's I thought it was really like good. a... Like a knockoff bear movie. It's it's pretty. It's surprisingly not terrible. I, With the stuffed animal bear. I enjoyed it. Between Two Ferns, The Irishman is better than El Camino. The Irishman is better than. Yeah. So those are at thirty twenty nine. So I've got this sort of right at thirty thirty one. I'm gonna yeah. give it thirty one. Because I feel like that's like a C plus, yeah. you know, which works for me. I'm totally fine with that. It's one of those movies that someone doesn't want to watch it. I don't blame them, man. 
Three and a half hours is too long. It's just too long. Not everyone's got time for that. Yeah. Uh, but it is a movie, I'll say, if you like Scorsese, you're probably going to like this movie. I have it at 19 right now on the year, which is in the bottom half, but right in that girthy middle. I've got it at 24th. 24th okay. for me, and I have seen 43. So, yeah, in that yeah, middle. Yeah, because I had more fun at Zombieland. I yeah. thought El Camino was better. I had more fun at Detective Pikachu. Yep. I liked Good Boys more, too. Then... I think it's right on par with It Chapter 2. Yeah, see, I like this better than It Chapter 2, but it's they're not terribly the, far off. No. I was lower. Like, we're talking about movies that... We're yeah. talking about flawed movies in general. Yeah. So it, it, exactly. preference comes into yeah. play here. Lion King, Us, Dark Phoenix, Between Two Ferns, all kind of in that same 26 to 27 dog range for me. This is at 28. It's a little bit better, but eh, Lion whatever. King was better. It's right on par. Neither wowed me. I mean, parts of this did wow me, but other parts were like, okay... But you know what, Mac? I will say this. It's better than Hellboy. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Although the curb stomping scene might have unseated uh, a Hellboy scene for worst scene of the year. No. Okay. Do you want to do, actually, some kind of a weird Mac and Goo award for... We should do sort of a... a what, is the, what is it what Harvard does with the... Pudding award, whatever it is? No, no. They give out, like, worst actress and all that shit. Okay, we can do something like that. Let's yeah. let's do some, uh, a raspberry, if you will. Is that what they call raspberries? But my favorite line of the year, and I think this is still the scene you hate, yep. but it's uh when he cuts off the witch's head and he's like, you should have quit while you were ahead. <laughs> I also felt like... So, like, if you want to understand... I feel like a lot of people still haven't seen Midsommar and for good reason. Yeah. The curb-stomping scene... In the Irishman, that's supposed to be super serious and lend some sort of depth to the character, build the character. There's like six of those in Midsommar mm -hmm. that are just unreasonably funny. Like, not supposed to be, but you laugh because it's so fucking stupid. Mac, I only have two notes for spoilers. Do you want to start spoiling? I got a lot of notes here because I took notes whilst watching the movie. So we can sort of run through stuff here. Let's just run through your notes then. Okay. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So Go. Hurry up. You open with the tracking shot in the old people home. You see old man De Niro, and you're like, okay, good fellas. Yep. Yeah, cool. Get what he's doing here. Homage here. And then pretty quickly after, you get the, the block letters on screen, not at the same time, and it says, I heard you paint houses. So you're like, I'm thinking he's going to do maybe a Tarantino thing with chapters. Uh, but no, that was the only time we got that. Just, I heard you paint houses, which does, that's the story, really. Yep. That's the story that's right it. there. Uh, so we start with De Niro and Pesci going for a ride. And they pull over by the gas station, where we find out a little bit later that's where they end up meeting. It was a meet cute. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I start to notice uh, when the shot is just De Niro, the de-aging looks fine. No no real complaints. But when there's other faces on screen, you're like, eh, it doesn't look that great. It's a bunch of weird scenes where he's standing there and his face just kind of leaves the body, just like floats off. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, when when Peter is Mini Driver's eye person. <laughs> Uh, and then you get a lot of uh, meat truck stuff with a young Frank Sharon and sort of how he uh, gets involved in this mob world. And some of it was good. A lot of it was unnecessary. You just needed a little. You needed less of what they gave you. You know what you needed? A little taste. A little, just a little taste. So you get yeah. the empty meat truck. And so he's going to hire Ray Romano as his lawyer. And every time Ray Romano was on screen, I enjoyed it. I yeah. thought they were good scenes. Mm -hmm. He plays that sort of character. Deborah. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, his uh, Frank Sheeran's first meeting with uh, Bruno is brought upon by Pesci, and they sit down after, and they start speaking Italian. 
Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. It sort of is like, okay, he's an Irishman, but he speaks Italian. They were speaking Italian way too slow. You, as an Italian who, whose family members have spoken Italian in the past. You're talking to the wrong person. Okay, none of your family members speak Italian. When I was in your Rome. Your grandmother? Uh, she can, but she speaks it very slow. Okay. When I was in Rome, people kept on talking to me in Italian, and I'm like, I don't know they what you're saying. They speak so quickly. Yeah. So quickly. So that's they got that. That was a little off. Uh, but I didn't mind it. You know, I get what they're doing there. And then they, they cut to this flashback of De Niro in the war. So when a he was really, really young De Niro. 18 or 20s, right? Yeah. And the face stuff looks stupid. And also the whole scene was stupid. He was doing this. Yeah. So he he, he has these two Nazi people dig a grave for themselves. He kills them. Completely useless scene. That should have been cut immediately. Um, then you learn about Pesci's wife's family a little bit. You get a lot of De Niro being the muscle guy. And the way De Niro shoots a gun is like he's throwing a jab. Never seen it before in my life. He does a little jab thing while he pulls the trigger, which, number one, actually, the only thing they really teach you about shooting guns, you don't fucking move your hand when it you're going to shoot so the gun. Funny if I don't care if it's a snub-nosed pistol. When he shot it, like his old man arm just like fell backwards. <laughs> it's just every time he shot a weapon, it looked terrible. I hated yeah. that. Yeah. Not good. You know what they should have done is they should have had Colin Quinn play Robert De Niro playing. <laughs> uh, we get the curb stomping scene at yep. the grocery store. Terrible. Yeah. I have here uh, De Niro curb stomping. The guy was one of the most unintentionally funny things of the year. Absolutely. It might be the most unintentionally. Do you want to put that? Have we done unintentional comedy? I think we did it on the old podcast. We might have. I'm not sure. You know what we can do? We can do it again. I don't want to do whole movies, though. I think we should do scenes like that. It'd be specific scenes. Yeah. Much like. American History X, the slam dunk basketball scene, <laughs> or in Spider-Man, the slam dunk basketball yeah, or scene, in or in Catwoman, the slam dunk basketball scene. <laughs> it's going to be an ESPN top 10 of slam dunks. The Michael uh, Jordan slam dunk at the half court of Space Jam. I also have a note here. I'm happy we've moved away from bench seats in the front of vehicles. What do you think about that? About what? Bench seats in the front of vehicles. Oh. Not a fan mm. of those. Not a I fan. liked it in my old Chrysler Fifth Avenue, though. Yeah, you it was did? nice. Ah. There's no center console. You have someone like, sit in the middle. Why do you want three people up front? Hanging out <laughs> down, down the street. street. The same old thing. Uh, I did week. I did like the scene of him throwing all the guns into the bottom of the river in the same spot. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. I also kept expecting the younger daughter to pop some claws out at some point. She looked like X-23. She looked just like Daphne Keene, and I couldn't get around that. And then once you turn into Sookie, I'm like... <laughs> You're like, whoa, well, that's well, the wrong well, Pokemon hope evolution. Hope she doesn't touch anybody. <laughs> I also did really like how subdued and mundane the actual issues were. We're talking labor disputes, labor unions, cab drivers. I like that part. I like like the realism aspect of the story there. And for me, I don't know, maybe because I'm like a blue-collar guy. You're a librarian. I just like that shit. Yeah. They referenced World War II, I think, way too much. I don't give a shit about it. Now, we could be wrong here because we didn't grow up in the 50s and 60s. But did people that back then talk about the war like that all the time? No one knows this, but Mac denies World War II ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> he does it a lot. I just felt like every other conversation they were talking about the war, the war this, the war that. I don't care. Yeah, it was the what, the 50s or the 60s? We start the story. Once again, I don't story know when the movie 50, starts. Late 50s, early 60s. Okay. I so would Kennedy assume, becomes president in 61, I believe. I would assume that everyone is obsessed with it. But as you move towards... 15 years later, though? But then as you move towards Kennedy, wouldn't you be obsessed with the Cold War? Cuban Missile Crisis, that whole thing. But There's no television. They do, they do, There's very they little do movies talk to about watch. the Bay of Pigs, so they bring up a couple of historical things. You need things to distract you when you don't have it. You <laughs> just talk about the war. And this is sort of the Forrest Gump aspects. They keep tying in this movie to a story. 
And that's kind of where, where I was making that reference. Yeah, and then at one point, De Niro's character goes, hey, you hear about that kid at Bama? He's returning kicks. <laughs> Forrest Gump is in this universe. You know what was really weird is uh, Hoffa with the young Peggy Sue, whatever the hell her name yeah. was. That was really weird. Yeah. It was just, I didn't like it. I didn't like that Uncomfortable either. Uncomfortable, for yeah. sure. I did love Hoffa's hatred for the Kennedys. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, the Big Ears guy killed me, too. That one scene, that was really funny. Courtroom scenes were generally strong. I, I liked because you know that the judge is for sure getting paid off. He's going to mm -hmm. side with them every time. JFK assassination. People are sort of reading into this that uh, the movie is implying that Hoffa was connected. Now, did you get that at all? No. I just felt like he was like, huh, serves him right. Yeah. It, I don't I think he was it, just happy because he's an enemy. He's like, yeah, oh, cool. I didn't really get any inkling that he was involved. It's one of those things where he just wished bad things upon the family. Yeah, that's and it. That's what happened. That's it. Yeah. I also subtitled uh, the second act of the movie Extortion vs. Fraud, Dawn of the Second Act. And actually, if anything, the people that would be linked to the death of Kennedy would be the mobsters that were all talking about him. Well, that's I didn't, so, so really, kind of tied in with that shit. But I know? didn't really get Hoffa at all out of that. I no, really got. No. But some people, some people on the internet are reading into that. And it, I didn't get it at all. It never really had anything to do with Hoffa. It was more about how their stuff no, was it, being shut down. Yeah, and it mostly had stuff to do with avoiding Hoffa. Yeah. Like, it, he wasn't really involved yeah, in their exactly. decision-making. Yeah. Hoffa versus Tony Pro and how they committed different crimes. And it, it actually plays a big role in the story. Crazy Joe Gallo, played by uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, who I think is not funny at all, but <laughs> does a good job in this movie. Uh, you get a classic guns on the bed scene, taxi driver. You know, it's... They lay all the guns out. It's just a classic shot. Classic Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I point out De Niro is so old, I don't think he can fully extend his arms or his legs. <laughs> so he just moves awkwardly the whole movie. Yeah. And it, again, that like when he shoots the gun, he like does a little jab. And now I don't know how true this is about Frank Sheeran, but every time he commits a crime or does something, he reads the paper about it or he watches the news about it. So I sort of like that part of it because... His daughter walks in on him watching the news about a crime he's committed. So that it's a little nod there. Hoffa was pardoned by Nixon, which happened in real life. And uh, the the rumor is he gave Nixon's uh, campaign like a million and a half dollars, which would be interesting. You get a little uh, shout out to Alcatraz on the new news. You get the escape from Alcatraz mentioned there. For some reason, the late second act, beginning of the third act, contained some funny conversations to me. And this is where I felt like Scorsese was at his best. You get the conversation between Tony Pro and Hoffa about 10 minutes versus 15 minutes late. And I thought that was awesome. Awesome dialogue. That whole Florida meeting I felt was great. So then it turns into Hoffa versus Fitz, who's the new president of the uh, union. And uh, Goo and I are both in union. So does that mean we are both mobsters? Is that what that means? I would assume so. Now, as a mobster, is there anything we get? Lobster, I, I believe. Anything that rhymes with mobster, uh, you get free reign at. Pesci gives De Niro the ring. And this one is, rank to rule them all. And this is, I think, to win him over because De Niro's character, Sharon, is right in the middle between Pesci and Hoffa. And I think he loves them both equally as friends. Like, I think he's got an equal friendship with both, but he's not afraid of Hoffa and he's kind of afraid of Pesci. So I think it's Pesci saying, hey, you know, here's this ring. You're on my team. Right. And he goes through with it and he shoots Hoffa in the head. Now, no one knows how actually Hoffa died or how he, how he disappeared. Or if he ended up being buried at Giant Stadium. They just know that he disappeared from that Red Fox motel or restaurant, whatever it was. And so this movie is saying Hoffa was killed by Frank Sharon, his right-hand man. Now, I don't know. That scene was kind of weird 
because I felt like the acting leading up to it between De Niro and Pacino in the car, in the backseat of the car, which, by the way, that fish conversation, fucking hysterical. Plemons talking about, yeah. I don't know, I had a fish. I just had a fish. Where'd you get a fish? I don't know, where, where you get fish. <laughs> you never put a fish in your car. <laughs> this is where the movie starts to go down a little bit. You know, he kills Hoffa, and then you're dealing with Sheeran, dealing with the Hoffa death. And everything after that, I think you needed about 15 minutes, and you got about 45 minutes. Exactly. I and I think at that point, and yeah, you could probably have 15 minutes tacked on, but when that happened, I looked down at my phone, and I'm like, it's only at the two-hour, 20-minute mark? <laughs> like, what else is going to happen here? And then the rest of it is just old man Sheeran. Yeah, it's old man Sheeran and Anna Paquin staring. Yeah. That's mostly the last 30 to 45 and hour I, of the film. I thought the entire storyline with the daughter, they didn't give enough attention to during the movie. Like, they had, like, little breadcrumbs along the way. Yeah, I, I actually but sort of thought it worked. I don't know. Because even at the beginning of the movie, Pesci's talking about, hey, you got to be closer with your family, with your kids. And, yeah. And even then, De Niro still doesn't really know how to do it. So I, I actually thought it worked. But I do get what you're saying. I thought what was really funny is that Sally character accidentally getting offed because they thought he was, you know, a rat and he actually wasn't. Yeah. I thought the best acting of the movie comes almost at the very end when they're all in the clink. They're all arrested in the same jail. Old man Pesci, like sort of decrepit Pesci that can barely walk. That scene was phenomenal when they sit down and eat. Mm -hmm. Like Pesci was great when they're eating the uh, drinking the grape juice with the bread. Pesci was like, I was like, holy shit. Like that was an amazing scene. Pesci's incredible. And that, I guess, is still the takeaway from this movie. I don't know. I just felt Hoffa's first words to Frank. I heard you paint houses is what ties the whole movie together. You know, they flash it on screen and Hoffa gets painted by Sheeran. So I felt like ultimately the story's good. There's a really good story here. They just failed to execute it to the best of their ability. Because, sort of like what you've been preaching the whole time, Scorsese was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do. There was no one there saying, hey, let's get rid of this. Let's not do this. Let's cut this. He released an actual director's cut of the film. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. This is what I wanted in it, and no one could tell me now. That's exactly what it was. So once again, I have it at 28 dogs. Mac, you had it at? 31. 31. 31 dogs. Let's get into Max Sack. Max Sack. And this comes in from A. Gorashi sent to at Goopox. Being a big TMNT guy, would like to hear your opinion on this. And he shared a video of a fan made Casey Jones video about a half an hour long. I peeked at that a little bit. So like a like an episode or some shit? Yeah, someone made like a half an hour show. Okay. It's pretty good for what it was. All right. Having said that, I would love an actual R-rated, full-length Casey Jones movie with maybe... Yeah, I'm all set with that. You don't need to use all four turtles at once, but maybe, you know, one at a time. Put them in there. You really love Casey Jones. certain characters. Yep. And you really want certain things done with those certain characters. Yeah. That's your thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I, uh, I'm now realizing. Mac... What have you been watching lately? So, number one, I've still been crushing uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars on Disney+. And it's gotten really, really good. Okay. Uh, the beginning of season one, not great, but I sort of just kept watching. I'm towards the end of season two here, and they're telling some really good stories. The characters are pretty well developed, and they're sort of separating all the stories well. They they tie each character in well. It's heavy on Anakin. It's heavy on Obi-Wan. As it should be. Yeah, and it, it should be. They're actually coming out with a new season in February of 2020, so a couple months from now. Yep. So you've got a chance to catch up here. I think it's five or six seasons, so it is a, a big commitment. But if you like Star Wars, 
hop on in now and you should be caught up by February. I've also been playing the Star Wars video game, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and it's pretty good. Yeah. But good. sort of to echo what everyone said, um, the controls are a little wonky, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just fun, you know, cutting people up with lightsabers. I hear it's that. It's just fun. And then also on Disney Plus, I rewatched The Rescuers, and you know what? I think I like the original better than the sequel now. Oh, you were a down under guy. I was a down under guy, but then watching how they're both animated. Mm-hmm. So the first one is animated by Don Bluth, who also did American Tale, Land Before Time, all those movies. And there's a huge difference in when they jump forward 13 years to 1990s Rescuers Down Under, and it looks completely Disney-fied. Well, what are you going to do? No, I understand it, but the first one... So you're just saying you like... You, you... I really like the animation of the first one. Okay. And then it's a little less slapsticky. I got but you there. Both rescuers, very good. Mm. I'll toss that out there. Also, right. I started watching the Guardians of the Galaxy animated series on yep. Disney. Now, how long is that? Is it a couple seasons? Or it's whatever? a couple seasons. It's okay. like three seasons, and they have a bunch of shorts with like origin stories for each character. Now, did they only begin this after the movie? I think they did the origin stories before the first movie. Oh, okay. I think. I might be completely because, wrong. Because what I was going to ask was, if they're basing the series off the way the characters were stylized in the movie, I think I'm in. You know, I want to see those sort so, of characters. So, like, Rocket Raccoon looks a bit different, and yep. also the voice is not great. Yeah, that's And tough. then the voice on Yondu is hilarious. It is terrible. Well, you know what? This is where we pay credit to Bradley Cooper for the Rocket yep. voice. Because right. Guardians sort of got made fun of for casting Bradley Cooper in, in um, what's his face? Uh, Vince Neil. <laughs> what the hell is his name? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel as Rocket and Groot. Yep. But... It's your main Absolutely. your main complaint. That rocket voice yeah. is so good. And then the voice of Star Lord, Will Friedle, great. Really, he's a seasoned voice actor, though. Of course, Batman Beyond. Terry His McGinnis. voice actually isn't terribly far off from Chris Pratt's. They, no, they're sort of in that same, a little higher. Well, I think he always plays superheroes. Like he also voiced Deadpool in something yeah. too, and he was Batman Beyond, right? Yeah, I yeah. just said that. Do you, oh, do you listen to me? Well, Can not. I finish? Guess not. <laughs> No, because he always voices uh, the character of a certain age, semi-heroic. That's just what you know. His yep. voice is kind of made he's for. Been type voice cast. Yes, except for Ron Possible. <laughs> well, it's sort of in the same zone. I guess it is. Christy Carlson Romano, I think, was Kim Possible, right? She was. Yeah. How about that? Ooh yeah, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. <laughs> Where can you find this. us? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Mac and Goo Podcast. On every other platform, we are Mac Ampersand Goo. That's Mac Shift 7 Goo. That includes Facebook, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Spreaker, Google Play. I have radio. I have radio. The second most important platform is the iTunes. Get on iTunes, subscribe to us, rate us, review us five stars. If you do that, we're going to get you a free Mac and Goo t-shirt from the folks over at Watertown Sportswear. That's Watertown Sportswear on 34 Mod Auburn Street in Watertown. 617-924-1840. WatertownSportswear.com. Watertown Sportswear. Expert screen printing and embroidery. Tpublic.com. Uh, this Friday's six-pack is anticipated movies of December. Mm. And I'll tell you what, there's not a lot, except for that pigeon movie. Uh, No. Spies in Disguise. Yeah, that one looks Spies good. Spies in Disguise. Star Wars, Marriage Story. Star what? Marriage what? <laughs> and before we wrap up today's episode, let's quickly play America's favorite game, Guess That Singer. With the stash, treat all my bras like trash. You'll catch a blast if you move too fast. I talk to class, you don't have to ask. Getting everything by flashing cash. Fighting and stealing, don't kill without feeling. So I went in casinos before they start dealing. All about respect and intellect. Only mess with the women that pick up the check. Do 
Two supermodels, one on each arm One chick's brunette, the other was blonde I heard their fathers had stocks and bonds So I whacked them both and left them floating in a pond Name that artist Me? Yeah I have no idea That was Joe Pesci That was Joe Pesci rapping? Tuesdays or Goosedays, I abuse kangaroos <laughs> Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure.